And welcome back, Wyoming Knuckleheads. I'm your host, Aaron Gray, and today we have a special guest, JT Granger. He is the vice president of the Sheridan uh, Pilot, or yeah, the Sheridan Pilots Association, and then also the uh, CEO or owner of uh, the Sheridan um, Pilots 307, which is the, we'll get into that, but um, they're kind of one in the same, you know, they do hand in hand things together. But uh, JT, thanks for coming by today and um, sitting down and just talking with us. Thanks, Aaron and team, and, and go be Wyoming. This is an honor and a pl- privilege to be here with you today. Awesome. Yeah, we were just talking about kind of how you, you know, bor- born in Colorado, but then kind of most of your early childhood was in Saratoga, Wyoming. And, um, you know, let's kind of jump back into that. So I went to a boarding school. Um, your sister is a little uh, younger than you, but uh, what happened after boarding school? And then kind of walk us through, you know, kind of give us that timeline to coming into Sheridan. Yeah, so absolutely. So just to rewind a little bit, yeah. you know, when I was eighth grade in Saratoga, I wasn't in trouble. You know, I just got the offer opportunity to go to a college prep school. They call them a boarding school on the East Coast. It was co-ed and it was about 350 kids. And I still maintain all those relationships that I had with all those friends in, in Saratoga in eighth grade. And um, I, I'd come back and spend time with them in the summer. So Again, you know, to kind of echo what you said, my sister followed in my steps kind of a couple years after. And once I graduated from uh, Brooks, north of Boston in 2005, I I applied to UW. I applied to University of Denver. Actually, Gonzaga I played too. They're in the um, national championship yeah. tonight. I got into that school. I didn't get into several others that I applied to, but... And ended up deciding to put myself out there and go to DU in Denver. Uh, okay. I could have made the easy choice to come back to UW and, and kind of rejoin all my friends. Mm-hmm. And I decided to continue to put myself out there and take advantage of everything that I um, had yeah. been given. And uh, started uh, DU, went through four years of undergrad there. I spent a lot of times in the fall in Laramie to football games and had an absolute blast. Um, my favorite band, Chance Williams and the Younger Brothers, were on the stage of the Grizzly Rose uh, my junior year. And I looked up and I saw Wyatt Springsteen, whose mom was my middle school music teacher. And I said, holy cow, Wyatt, what are you doing here? <laughs> and uh, ended up being you know good friends with the band and kind of following them through the years. And loved Denver. What it was back then, it's definitely changed now, as you'll talk to a lot of people. I have one sister still there. But um, after uh, I started working my junior year for an industrial supply company um, part-time with class, and once I graduated, I went full-time there, and I worked in the warehouse. I worked on the counter. I applied to be an account manager in sales up in Gillette, actually, for the coal mines. I had a lot of friends that were in uh, positions there. At, uh, I was told I needed to get a little bit more experience instead of jumping out of the gate at you know, age 21, yeah. 22. So I ended up, um, at the time, I had quite a bit of an overextended social life. I was kind of abusing alcohol a little bit too far, um, kind of going all out at the at the rows and whatnot and staying up late. Everyone's been through that phase. Yeah. And uh, it took... Uh, one time with some friends came down to me falling over my feet and hitting my chin on the curb to kind of wake up and realize that, you know, I've been, been given a lot. I need to make a lot of it. So I stopped drinking for two years and applied to MBA school at DU in 2011. And I was fortunate enough to pass the GMAT. I hired a Craigslist tutor down in Denver <laughs> and uh, got into DU again to their business school. And I did that while working full time. I did night classes on Monday, Wednesdays. 
and met a lot of really interesting people. Everything was group work except for uh, financial uh, classes. Sure. And uh, passed, uh, earned my MBA in 2013 and uh, stayed in Denver. And I ended up earning a role as a, a whole sales account manager responsible for a sales territory with the same industrial company. Mm-hmm. And I kind of oversaw all Southern Denver from Highlands Ranch over through Littleton um, to Centennial, Rapaho Road, that whole kind of corridor in there. Had some really interesting customers from U.S. Foods to um, via West Data Centers to Comcast and whatnot, just kind of a wide array. I did that for three years. And I don't know how far you want me to go. And yeah, no, keep going. This okay. is good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just a lot of my friends after college had left Denver. Um, some of my best friends had gone to Minnesota where they were from. Uh, other friends had gotten key positions at different companies <clears throat> and moved out of Denver. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I was still kind of, you know, I was in a relationship at the time that ended up being pretty toxic. And when that ended, one of my best friends in college, we ended up getting a, a roommate roommate situation going by Washington Park in Denver where she was a night nurse and I was working during the days. And uh, she'd come back from work at the hospital and crack a beer and watch The Bachelor. And at the end of her shift, right as I was going to work in the daytime, and we had an absolute blast. We we would, my sister uh, from college, she went to University of Richmond, the same one who moved to Sheridan, Kristen. She moved to Denver. And then right then I was kind of hanging out with her friend group and uh, with what friends I had left. And we had an absolute blast. It was so fun. And we'd go skiing and play in, in the parks and everything. I was still I was trying to find my niche with with work. I was I was I could always handle rejection and answer no in sales. You know, sales drives the world really. And um, I did really well at the start. And then a lot of customers in my segment, if you will, either left their positions or there was turnover or companies went out of business, if you will. And ultimately, my performance and my sales quotas. Uh, suffered as a result. And uh, I applied to a role in Salt Lake City as an operations manager overseeing a shipping team at, at a branch in Salt Lake. And in 2016, I left Denver for Salt Lake, I packed up all my stuff at my house and uh, headed further west <laughs> and uh, got to Salt Lake. And I uh, worked there for a year. I lived up at the top of uh, Parley's Canyon uh, next to Park City in Jeremy Ranch and drove down to Salt Lake at every day. And, uh, I had a great team at that branch. Uh, we go play top golf together and we, we do all these different activities outside of work and, uh, still not feeling quite at home. You know, Utah was beautiful, had a lot of, um, great people there. Park city was amazing. The ski areas, um, the, the salt flats to the mountains and, you know, right. Um, one of my best friends was a 70 plus year old mountain man named Cactus Jack, who actually kind of side fact, uh, some scenes in Yellowstone were filmed there. All the Indian reservation scenes, uh, were filmed uh, with all these sagebrush backdrops and whatnot. And I was in my 10th year with the same industrial company. And ultimately, um, you know, I said, you know, it's been 10 great years and, um, I left, I left, uh, Granger in that year and, and 20, 17, I started with Vail Resort Ski Company, and uh, I do some a lot of volunteer stuff outside of work. I'd uh, at this equine center called National Ability Center. I'd be a like a lead walker or sidewalker for uh, people of all different abilities, and that was what I really enjoyed. And soon after I, I applied for Vail, I became a shipping and receiving manager for them at the Grand Summit Hotel there in Park City. 
And uh, it was a huge cut to my career. I kind of had to reboot everything and start from the scratch, which I was fine with. But I soon realized that my career with Vail was somewhat limited in terms of what I wanted to offer and what I felt I could offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hanging out with Cactus Jack outside of work, going to the ranch, and we'd go ride horses in this old kind of mock-up western town. And um, in between my two jobs, I saw Facebook posting to be an extra in Yellowstone and actually in the third uh, episode of the first season I'm seen walking with the producer with a survey stick and I stumble across a shallow grave <laughs> I, earned, I earned about $200 that day so the whole theme of this whole time is just trying to find my way right yeah. so um, take, making the best of what I kind of was given I was working another job at the gym there and Ultimately, in 2018, I said, you know, life is short. My friend Kit here in Sheridan, uh, we had met at the NFR a couple years ago. started talking to her about coming back to Wyoming. And of all the places I, you know, I'd been to in Wyoming, you know, besides Saratoga, which I knew I love Saratoga. My folks are there, but it's just rough year-round in the winter, especially for a social scene with, you know, mm-hmm. me being in my or young thirties. It was, it was not there. <laughs> so I chose Sheridan and uh, Kit, I had applied to Weatherby because I heard they were moving here. And I'm actually good friends with Adam uh, Weatherby, Adam right. and Brenda, great people. And it's awesome that they moved their company here from California. I was one of the 3,000 plus people that applied uh, when I heard they were moving. And ultimately that didn't work out. Um, place and time that didn't have the right position at the time. So Kit got me a job at Bighorn Airways actually at the airport. She knew... Um, Aaron Traub, the HR manager out there, and they're the state's largest aviation uh, company, which we're going to talk about aviation, and that's my main... Uh, I kind of caught the bug after being in Denver and Salt Lake. I took flight training down there. Okay. But very busy and very kind of difficult to do it and expensive. So anyway, I fell back on my passion for aviation, came to Sheridan, started, moved all my stuff up in a storage unit, uh, started living in Airbnbs all over town, although <laughs> lived in hotels on the north side of Sheridan, the budget in all those Alamo and they're actually really great hotels. The mattresses were changed. They're really, they don't, you know, people have that stigma about cheap hotels and everything, but you know, that's yeah. where I lived for, uh, many, many weeks until I was patiently looking for a house to rent. Right. So came to Sheridan, started at Bighorn Airways. All my stuff is in the storage, uh, locker and, uh, you know, just sacrificed everything again, really, you know, my wage and all my work experience. And, uh, you know, I was fine with that because I was happy to be back in Wyoming. I immediately went and got my Wyoming driver's license and my, uh, plates back on my truck and, yeah, and was just excited to be here and excited to be in a small community. And, uh, you know, more than anything, the people I've, it's a common theme in a lot of your podcasts or why, why people do what they do. And it's because of the people around them and especially good people, independent, hardworking, and, and just everyone would want to give you a shirt off your back, literally, mm-hmm. if you were in trouble. So I missed that. And I knew that I could continue up the corporate ladder or, you know, I had these other opportunities and and who knows what the future holds. I'm not ruling anything out, but I just wanted to come back to Wyoming. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you get to the last bit is how did you get, uh, you're at Bighorn Airways and then how'd you get uh, hooked up with uh, VacuTech there? Yeah. So, um, thanks for keeping me on track. Yeah, no, you're kidding. <laughs> the, uh, one day I was fueling, um, Mr. John Tucker's plane up there at the airport. And I mentioned to him, Hey, I had applied to VacuTech back when I primarily was going after Weatherby, you know, and, uh, I applied with EMIT VacuTech 
and uh, several other people in town. And I was fueling Mr. Tucker's plane one day and I mentioned, hey, I've applied before. And again, the timing didn't work out. They didn't have a position available at the time. And when I met him in person, he said, well, send me your resume. And that led to a conversation with John at his office. And that led to another interview with my current manager, Steve, and um, another manager, uh, Nate, who's now at Kennan. And it was unbelievable. Literally, if I hadn't, you know, I didn't actively consciously think that if I was working at the airport, I would just, you know, be able to meet network, which that's a byproduct of working there. But because of working there and John gave me an opportunity mm -hmm. as a shipping manager at his company, it literally created the position for me and so grateful for him and what he did. And immediately I kind of got back into what my experience could contribute to his organization and worked as a shipping manager for 18 months. And we made a, we had a great team. We still have a great team. And as of January 4th, uh, I'm now on Steve's uh, sales team at Vacutech. So helping customers like Letterbuck Car Wash with uh, parts and pieces they need to help run their system. Right. So that's awesome. That's, that's full kinda, circle. Yeah. Full yeah. circle. So there we go. That's <laughs> kind of the, the background. Hopefully I, I kind of filled in all the gaps. Yeah, no, that's great. And I want to go back to, you know, we kind of just, like we just said, full circle in it. I want to go to when you just, uh, just graduated undergrad and you're sure. kind of asking all these, you, these friends in Gillette, like, Hey, I want to yeah. apply up there. And they're like, ah, you need more experience. You know, uh, talk on that a little. I think that's a, um, me being a little younger, just kind of getting out of that college, you know, that's, I think a lot of us hear that a lot. Oh, you right. get more experience. And it's like, okay, well, you know, how do I do that? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So to what your, to what your point was after college, I knew I had friends in key positions as in purchasing positions and I was mm -hmm. in sales that I wanted, was applying for. Um, at the point I was just in transactional cells at the branch. Say you come, you came to the branch, you needed a motor for your unit heater in your garage. I, that's just, you know, hundred dollar, $200 sales there. I was applying to be a territory sales manager to drive up to Gillette and be responsible for all the different mines and how they, you know, keep them up and running. Yeah. And I was told internally that I needed more experience and because th that's just a stigma out there that exists and it's relative and, and it's, it's a place in time I heard, I don't remember where I heard it. I think it was in school, but I just keep going back to that and it, it just wasn't the place in time. One, I was immature, as I kind of told you before, mm -hmm. I, I felt I could do it and I probably would have been able to satisfy it, but I, I didn't have other parts of my life together at the time. Sure. And I think when people hear that, they they need to listen, especially to who they're being told from, and especially if it's a mentor, which I think is critical for anyone aspiring to be whatever they want to be. You need to have a mentor that has experience in that, kind of guiding you along. I think for me, I had several mentors at work. Pat McMahon knew me my ento entire career there. I worked for him for three years after my MBA. He hired me when we went through an expansion and Randy Kopp is another huge mentor. He was the branch manager in Denver who was guiding me through this process. And so I think it, it, it's a double-edged sword at times. Say I wasn't as younger as I was at the time and I was older and somebody told me, no, I couldn't do it. That just makes me want to do it more. You yep. know? And that makes me want to go out and, and, and make it happen and find those resources and cut through the red tape. And you know, I because of those relationships, which I think what drives the world, I think I would have been successful, but like I said, I was, I was definitely immature and uh, there were 
there probably would have been times where I just wouldn't be able to manage my life and it would have affected my work. Yeah. Yeah. Because of that, you know, things happen for a reason. Yep. But does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. Cause I think there's a lot of, you know, I think it's always that, um, you know, we want a result right now, you know, all the time. Like I, you know, I I went to school, I should have this job where it's like, well, it's not, you know, like, and then one, you got to have a mentor that's like, eh, well, that's not how it works. Right. You know, you gotta, and like you said, it's, um, you gotta, you might be able to do the job, satisfy the job, but what's, what's your, you know, the, uh, Credentials. 80%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And that's why, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of summarize it here. And, and this is speaking for me and myself only back to what I said, I wouldn't change a thing about how I was mm-hmm. raised or anything of obstacles I faced. But when, you know, people, it's all about people apply themselves to what they're doing and through relationships, you know, they don't need to go put it thousands and thousands of dollars in debt for a piece of paper that says I got my MBA. If they don't take advantage of the opportunity for me, I will go into that debt because I know that people, the relationships that I'll come away with that experience from, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I still keep in touch with people today from those classes. And you might not recall all the information you learn, you know, as a result of that, but you know, the relationships are what matters the most. Totally. Yeah. You know, especially putting yourself out there and just, I highly encourage people to try things that they never tried. And if they don't like it, they don't like it, but at least they tried it. Don't knock it till you try it type. Yeah. But with limited terms, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, not drugs and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, you know, you get, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Take, take the risks of, you know, um, either it's career or take the move, you know, it's, um, try something different. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, or go visit a place, you know, here all the time, you know, I don't want to go there or, you know, you hear those, uh, Nebraska's advertising is perfect. You know, visit nice. Well, people think of Nebraska and they're like, Oh, that's not nice or whatever. It's flat. And how can it be pretty? Well, have you ever been, you know, I still want to go to different parts of Nebraska. I've driven through Nebraska. I know it has nice places Yep. and, but people just see that brand, that advertising and, and they just, you know, laugh at it, whatever, but mm-hmm. people need to go visit places to really experience them. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that because then, you know, you're going through that and then personally you're going through, you know, uh, career wise, but then, you know, there's kind of this theme of trying to find kind of that home, you know, that, uh, you're in Denver and in Salt Lake and, um, talk a little bit about that and kind of let's start bringing it into aviation. So you kind of went and got your license and you're going through school, um, the flight school and stuff in Denver. Is that where you started right. getting so that bug? My, uh, I, I caught the aviation bug from my family. It's kind of in our blood. Both my grandparents were pilots. Okay. Uh, my dad's dad was in the Air Force. He was a pilot. Uh, my mom's parents uh, were pi- both pilots and my and my grandma, actually. They had a little Cessna 182, which is a little bit um, more beefed up than a Cessna 172. You commonly get your license in. And uh, my dad... Um, loved aviation as well. He wasn't a pilot, but he would expose us to different trips in Canada where we'd fly into a remote place in a, in a de Havilland beaver float plane and you're dropped off there for a week and you're totally out of touch with society, except, you know, you have to light an Island on fire if you were to break an arm or something like that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, from those, from those being exposed to that, you know, I always wanted to be a pilot. My best friend in college, 
uh, earned his license on my birthday. He took me on his first time after soloing and earning his license to Laramie, where we picked up my buddy Hadley and we flew over to Saratoga okay. over the snowy range. So, I my first logbook entry is actually in. Embry-Riddle and Prescott, Arizona in 1999. So I was 12 years old at the time that I actually put a logbook entry in. Okay. And um, to answer your point about becoming a pilot, I'm actually not able to solo. I have a condition that it prevents me from doing so, but I have 400 and some hours logged. I, I, can, I know I can go take a plane around the airport and solo it no problem. I just, I'm not a fully licensed pilot. Gotcha. But I enjoy going with other people that are pilots and instructors and taking friends is, is so um, exciting to me or exposing people who would never get the chance to do it. And so when I came to Sheridan and I was working for Bighorn Airways, I, w- I loved what I was doing every day, even if I was making $14 an hour. You know, I was handling planes, I was meeting pilots, mechanics, um, Right, GA general aviation pilots just traveling across the country and stopping in Sheridan, and I love the guys that I worked with. I mean, we had a blast, and uh, we were working outside in the whole view of the mountains. I took you up there last week, and the Bighorns are right there. I mean, you yep. can't ask for a better office space view mm-hmm. every day, and so you know, people. You know, for me, I'm always wanting to grow and learn and advance and. At different points in my life, I feel content and I'm satisfied, but others I'm not. And some people be a line guy at Bighorn for the rest of their life and be happy, and that's great. More power to them. So for me in aviation, when I came to Sheridan, I caught the bug again, and I immediately got involved with the Sheridan Pilots Association. So the Sheridan Pilots Association is a nonprofit that was founded in 2013 by members and pilots in the Sheridan community that wanted to give back to aviation and expose others and young people to aviation, take kids flying and uh, whatnot, host open houses, host air shows. In the past, um, they've had C-130s come in and military helicopters and then feature all the locals' planes and whatnot. So... Uh, after I left Bighorn, I, you know, I continued to do that. And I, I knew immediately that I, after John extended the opportunity to work at Vacutech, that was my main source of supporting my hobby because aviation is, you know, that has a stigma out there that it is expensive and no doubt everything from maintenance to even owning a plane is very expensive. I compare it to any hobby. You can have a, a chipped out turbo latest, greatest short truck and a huge enclosed trailer and six snowmobiles right. that are turboed and you can have the same money you can have on a plane or less. You can even go out there and get a plane for fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and you can share the cost and that it's kind of that Uber concept that, you know, you can decrease the cost um, and improve access. So that is our core theme at the Sheridan Pilots Association is improving access to aviation and and, and making it less yeah. expensive for people. So once I became involved and um, I did the, sur- we'll talk about the survey I ca- I did last summer, or, yeah. I'm sorry, last winter and everything. I became the vice president by voted in after a couple years of involvement and whatnot. Right. So I, I just want to take a step back. I didn't even know the association was started in 2013. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm from here and I've been here pretty much for okay. a, a while and I'm like, yeah what is here in 2013? Like that's a, uh, so no, that's good. I mean, that's, it's been around, but it's um, kind of one of those things where it's like, that's probably going to surprise a lot of people like, Oh, I didn't know it's been yep, around. For it this, is. You know, and you can go to Sheridan pilots, 307.com and kind of see a, a real short excerpt. But yeah. um, 
luckily I've been able to have a lot of friends and people around that really supported the effort from instructors, um, just the whole community. So just on a very high level, we've recently invested a lot of marketing expense to getting the name out there from sure. radio ads on Bighorn Mountain Radio to Sheridan Media to the um, newspaper and the press to the country bounty to flyers around town to you know word of mouth uh, we're actually reading a really interesting book in at work right now called friction and it talks about removing mm. friction and how powerful word of mouth marketing it is and it that's it, made a major impact so yeah. yes even though it was created eight years ago and you haven't heard of it we're working on making it more <laughs> known i'd like to plan an open house this fall where we just have the public up you know with coming off to the effects of the pandemic and, and making sure everyone's safe there. You know, we hope to have something fun planned this fall. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And let's, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the why, you know, why, I mean, sure. outside of, you know, the, you know, you're working there and you saw the view and you've had kind of an early appreciation for aviation, but like what's, um, what's driving you to get the, the general aviation crowd going here in Sheridan? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, aviation is freedom. If you were to, if I were to take you this week, we could take off and we could on a tank of gas, we could go within four hours radius flight time of Sheridan airport. And you could visit any airport you wanted and you could, you know, we're privileged to have the SkyWest Air Service into Sheridan that, that connects you to Denver, to connects you to thousands, world international destinations through United's network. But general aviation, if you were to get your license, my brother-in-law is almost going to get his so we can go fly all the time together. <laughs> um, it just opens up freedom and allows you to save time, you know, instead of driving on a beautiful, we call it visual flight rules or VFR on a, on a clear and visibility unlimited day. Like today, you know, the sky's the limit and say that you want to go host a podcast down in um, let's say a really small airport like uh, Pinedale or, you know, Rollins, Wyoming, or yeah. somewhere that there's not commercial service, you know, you could do that at your fingertips and save hours of time and you could pack up all your equipment in the plane and, and go have a conversation with somebody. It's it's truly amazing what accomplish aviation does in our daily lives that sometimes is taken for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, there's doctors that have their licenses. There's people that are uh, flight for lighted out of Sheridan because we have a, air, a runway. You know, if we didn't have a runway, you know, and even Buffalo has a runway. There's there's uh, cargo that comes in out of there. I've gotten the privilege to fly with the Richland Aviation. They have a twin that comes down from Billings every morning and brings all the Amazon next day air packages to Sheridan. And then, you know, Jockton sits around till six o'clock and then flies back the next day air mail leaving Sheridan. Yeah. And then I, you know, it'd be fun. I could send you up there with one day with him sitting right seat you can actually sneak up there for a commercial uh, flight if you want. Oh, wow. But anyway, <laughs> um, but again, through relationships and whatever. So Jockton, he's been, you know, building hours flying for cargo and you come into Billings and you see that this giant Airbus mothership that comes from Knoxville, Tennessee or Louisville and all the ground carriers and all the planes flying all over the, the over Montana and Northern Wyoming, bringing all the mail. They sort it all overnight and load it into the mothership and then logistically just keeps the world running. That's just one small example. So yeah. 
um, you know, military, uh, medical, you know, and it boils down and back to what we were talking about general aviation, what drives me is exposing people to that and having them be able to follow their passion, similar to mine. If a kid's out there that really wants to learn to fly and is facing barriers, trying to remove those barriers, removing that red tape or someone that's in a position. So maybe aviation's not my thing. You know, maybe I, I don't like heights or I get sick or whatever, but I, maybe I can get over that and I can go fly with somebody who can be a pilot, you know, Yep, is, is what drives my thing. And I was thinking of ideas driving over here this morning to meet with you was maybe it'd be cool to run a TV ad that says, Hey, if you want to go on a discovery flight, call this number and you're routed to your local airport where people can go take you on a discovery flight, you know, yeah. just, just trying to think of ways to grow and, and further it, but it does, uh, takes investment and, and sacrifice right. and time just to follow your passions. So. Well, and, and like you said, every, every hobby and, and something that you want to do, I mean, you could, like you said, with like snowmobiling, you can have, <laughs> yeah. you can have like five, six snowmobiles and yeah. a trailer and, you right. know, and, um, and you can only use it six months of the year, but right. You know, but that's fun. I love snowmobiling. I yep. do. I had a old one. I bought a used one this year that I had, uh, I hadn't had my first sled for so long or, uh, you know, one of the, a great sled to keep up with everybody in the deep powders. So, yeah. Um, I had a 99 trail 550 that my dad got my sisters and I in uh, Christmas in the, in the early two thousands. The thing was awesome. It was super light, but all my friends were getting the latest, greatest, and, but I <laughs> learned how to ride and, uh, yeah. you know, again, time and a place for everything yep. to compare it to. Yep. So, yeah. And, uh, that, that's a good segue. I do want to ask you about, um, you know, you were having these, I don't know if it was, you were having these thoughts personally, but you had this sense of, you know, working in Denver, mm-hmm. go to Salt Lake. Um, but you're having this thought of, man, I'm just not, you know, like I'm just not home, right. you know, talk about that, you know, and then you get called up like, Oh, come up, you know, come up to Sheridan or just come back to Wyoming. You know what? Um, what were right. some of those things calling you back to Right. And I'd, I'd say when you say that, the biggest thing for me is happiness. And if anyone's familiar with the book End of the Wild, where mm. um, the the main character kind of rejects society and, and felt it's just a heartbreaking book of, you know, at the end it says that true happiness is, is shared with others. And m- whether that's a friend, a family member, a significant other, you know, for me, I just wasn't happy. And in Denver, after they legal, I actually worked for Uber for a couple of weeks in my F-150. I started on 420 and I didn't even think consciously about it, but I gave a bunch of, you know, potheads rides to go get weed at dispensaries and right. stuff like that. <laughs> and it was just a, a, you know, there's people that benefit for it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, we're not talking yeah, yeah, politics yeah, yeah. here, whatever. I, I've tried it in college and it wasn't for me. And, uh, you know, so anyway, back to my point, worked for Uber and I just realized, you know, this is a, just, this is not what I want to do. I'm not happy. Yeah. And, uh, I just knew that, you know, people always go full circle. It seems like I just wanted to get back to Wyoming Yeah. and feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. where I was. There's songs about it. I think (laughs) of, uh, uh, Eli Young band, I think he has Mm. a song about, you know, not, you know, being rejected about, you know, not feel like fitting in and all that. And I, I like back to high school when I was a fish out of water and I didn't even know what music was really, or, you know, I just, I try to connect with people on common themes. I think, yeah. Yeah. You know, Chris Ledoux, one of my favorites he, in 
a cowboy's hat. He has that last lyric that's like he always thinks people would have a lot in common if they just sit down and talk things out, and which is exactly what you're doing here, which is so cool. I just think if people would uh, f- just, there's a lot of love to be had in the world. I just yeah. had a kind of a big heart, you know, and I just, I just hate to see when people can't get along. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I, that that's interesting, you know, kind of that, that was the moment of um, your, and not, you know, cause yeah, I don't want to get into that uh, 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 ball of worms there, but yeah. you, you can, know, if you want, I like, ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so, that that's, yeah. um, you know, people need to, you know, be reflective of like, man, I'm not happy. Like this is just, you right. know, and, and whatever it is, but it's just, uh, um, and that's okay. I think that's the thing is like, that's sure. okay. Yes. Like for, you know, and, um, to say like, I'm not happy here. Like I want to, I want to change. And, right. um, you know, that that's kind of your story of like, Nope, I'm going to go to salt Lake and then, you know, come back to, to, um, you know, Aspen and then same thing, kind of like, you know, that's, um, and then I didn't know you're technically an actor, you know, I, I didn't know that <laughs> being on the Yellowstone. That's yeah. funny. Um, but, uh, no, I was just kind of curious about that. And then, um, you know, is that you kind of told the story about, you know, when you were, um, in Laramie, uh, follow kind of, you know, in the social light, you know, and kind of that, the story of kind of falling on your face, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty dropping, much literally yeah. girls, swing dancing. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was bad. And I, and friendships and relationships were affected because of it. Sure. You know, is that, um, you know, was that the moment that you were like, wow, like I need to, when I fell on my chin and got the scars yeah. here, that was, a, that was a real big eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, again, and that was my own decision too, by the way, it wasn't, I'm not throwing any of my friends under the bus or my family. That was me, myself and I, yeah. that you just look yourself in the mirror and, you know, we, we laughed about it. We still laugh about it to this day, but you know, I decided to line up seven shots of crown Royal mm. when my friends had said, no, JT, we're good. We don't need that. And I thought I was you know, stronger than anything could handle anything. And right. I didn't obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, um, a, a theme of, for us is, you know, ownership, you know, like you right. just took, you just did it right again. You know, like that was, that was my decision. That was, you know, and right. again, that's, um, just kind of like the, you know, I'm not happy. I was like, just take on That's okay. Like that's, <laughs> that's what happens. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. so anyways, I wanted to kind of touch back on that, but, um, well, let's, um, in regards to, um, being back home, being back in Wyoming, you know, um, you've kind of hit on it already, you know, happiness is shared with other people. Right. Um, you know, your sister's moved up here. Um, you guys are very close, but what else about, um, maybe, and it doesn't necessarily have to be shared in, but just, yeah the people here. And then, um, actually I do want to ask you about this, you know, what makes Sheridan County airport? I think this will help a lot of people here. Like I just said, I didn't know the association was here in 2013, but what are some other cool things about the Sheridan County airport that people may not know? Sure. So the first example is, you know, we've had air service here in the past before I moved here in great lakes. Um, Mm -hmm. then we had Denver air connection. You just, we just came off a year of a global pandemic, COVID-19, this cancel culture that continues to manifest itself, which I don't believe in canceling anything, maybe postponing things right back to the right place, right time. All I would say is 
we have an unbelievable way to travel right in our backyard. And yes, it may be expensive. And maybe you find a better flight out of Billings or Casper or Rapid City, whatever. But to your question about Sheridan County Airport, um, you know, my friend John Stopka, he's been the airport manager up there for 40 plus years. It's incredible. He's actually the only airport in the state that uh, doesn't, we don't have an airport board. He works for the um, the commissioners, county commissioners, yep, county commissioners you. yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that has Sky West in our town to be able to jump on a plane and go to Denver and then either visit friends in Denver or go anywhere you want to go, even on a different airline. And that's remarkable for a town like Sheridan. And I, my friend Hadley, he's hilarious down in Saratoga, like fourth generation rancher. He went to Germany in high school and had his passport. And for so long, he just let his passport expire and sure. never go anywhere. <laughs> and so we're coming off this pandemic and he does have his passport back by now because I want to go fishing in Canada or do something fun. Yep, yep. But uh, I recommend people travel. I, I had the chance to during high school and college study abroad. And I turned it down actually, because I, I missed home. I missed Wyoming. I missed the West. But now that I'm getting a little bit wiser in the years, getting older, you know, I'm still learning and I, I want to go travel. I want to see the world. I want to see different parts of North America, still South America. And so that's the first thing that I would say is most unique about Sheridan airport. The second thing is with this, the pilots association. And, um, so I'll go back to what we talked about and I showed you around the airport real quick yeah. uh, last week. The Sheridan Pilots Association is a nonprofit at the airport that we we want to expose and help people you know, access the our sport. So we have a simulator room at the airport where for kids 15, younger and free, we can get them on a flight simulator that kids grew up with Microsoft flight simulator, whatnot. So we, we can do that with the yoke and pedals and throttles controls and whatnot. And then we have a separate totally FAA uh, federal aviation administration approved SIM that pilots can log time on and practice real time training. If there's a, you know, bad weather outside and you can simulate an engine failure and snow and rain on the SIM. So we have that right in our, right at the airport. And so not a lot of airports have that ability. So contact, the, the association today to you know schedule time to go see it and, and because of all that raised interest and in, in wanting to desire a flight training at last winter over 2020 I'm sorry 2019 into 2020 right before COVID hit in, yeah. in March uh, that interest spurred actual flight instruction and so Sheridan Pilots 307 LLC was created as a result of that interest and so I saw a need to have that and uh with working with another local pilot, Tammy Bells, who's actually, she's just our treasurer for the association. She owned this plane to go visit her daughter up in Bozeman at MSU. And uh, she wasn't using it as much as she wanted to. And so we ended up working out a deal and we put the plane in a flight school. So, and I just sent out our newsletter uh, for the winter quarter and it just passed 500 hours since last May. So we have that ability. So you can call us today and you can go on a discovery flight for $95 as well. And, you know, I want to say during this whole point, yeah, our whole conversation that Bighorn Airways also has the same service available at the airport as well. So there's two options to go pursue flying or just to go check it out and see what you think of it. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's, that's exactly what I was kind of looking for there is, you know, um, it's, it's, it's from being here, it's a wonderful thing to hear, like, man, just the opportunities that are provided from, uh, 
you know, nonprofits and, and, uh, you know, Bighorn Airways, you know, and, um, I think I told you last week, I was like, I didn't know Bighorn Airways was one of the larger, you know, yeah. uh, commercial, um, you know, uh, fleets, you know, yeah. in the state. Yeah. It's incredible. Go yeah. I, I, check out their website. I think it's bighornairways.com. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a great story yep. that the owner Bob is, is and his son, Chris have put together over the years. So right. really cool company. And, uh, you know, the other thing I'll say back to travel is, you know, I highly recommend people just get out and, uh, you know, not only just taking most of their experience, but just just experience things. Yep. And um, if people haven't traveled, which what I was going to say is, you know, they haven't left Sheridan County or Northern Wyoming in a while. You know, I, I think it benefits people to, to go, you know, see new places. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking about that, I was going to mention, you know, my wife Lexi took a trip to Florida. So, and she'll fly in tonight. To, you know, yeah. so it's like, I don't have to drive to Billings or Denver to go pick her up. Right. She doesn't have to drive. It's all, and then we're just right off Zuni. So oh, nice. <laughs> people were joking with me. They're like, you could just make her walk. And I was like, yeah, no, but, um, uh, and I, to, to add on what I was going to say, cause I keep thinking of things, you know, you need to go travel and get out and see things to realize what you have back at home. That's yes. what I wanted to say full yep. circle because, you know, there's for me traveling and living in four different states and 18 addresses during all that time. And I'm sure there's many other people out there that have done this. You just, you know, whether it's traffic or just other stressors in life that you just simplify and kind of, you know, get back to a low pulse, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I can have a tough day at work, which I try not to, but at the end of the day, we're in Wyoming, we're in and everything that you stand for as a, as a podcast company, and we're in a great place to live. And so people need to realize that every day they wake up, I think, yep. and make the most of it. And, and I, I do agree. I think travel you've got to go, you've got to go see the world. Cause then like right. you said, when you come back, you're like, Oh man, like, <laughs> like, uh, I love California. Right. I love the beach, <laughs> but man, like the last time I was in LA, the traffic, I'm just like, I right. cannot, I was like, if I lived here, I would hate it. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's not even that bad. Like yeah. the last time we were there, but uh, like, I just, I'm just like, I can't handle like, No, absolutely. My mom's actually from Newport beach, believe it or not. Oh, and I love my, Newport. Yeah. yeah see, my, like, yeah. My dad was the only guy wearing a Pearl snap shirt in there. <laughs> oh, when I bet. They met back <laughs> in the, so that's a great story. So we go visit her high school friends every, uh, August and, uh, it's a, it's a blast. It's an absolute blast to visit and yep. go, but, um, to go to the beach and we just, we just rent a beach house and, you know, we don't have to deal with traffic, but she grew up deep sea fishing every weekend. Oh, wow. But, uh, we go to this little bar. If anyone's listening and they're in Southern California, go to this bar called Blackie's and that's where they've met. And, uh, it's a real dive bar. It's, it's like the mint bar, but on the boardwalk of okay. Southern California. Yeah. It's awesome. And he was so wearing a pearl path. snap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was, he had the house up by Livermore, Colorado up there. And, you know, he was trying to meet someone like I am now and, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, he followed what he wanted and they hit it off and, and mom decided to, to head for Colorado. So took, and yeah. he took her to Saratoga and <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Well, to Northern Colorado yeah, and then yeah. end up, yeah. And to it's, the cabin and that's stuff. Funny. And, uh, my mom's amazing. She's, uh, she's one of my best friends and, uh, she's been there through thick and thin with me. And, uh, yeah, always been a solid rock and same with my dad too. Yeah. Luckily they're both been married, uh, over 35 years. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I just saw my grandma the other day. She's 96, still going strong wow. down in, uh, she's living in Louisville, Colorado in a, in a home, but, uh, 
she came outside and said, I'm over this mass deal. I want to see my grandson. And we got to hang out outside and talk. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, well, and that's uh, it. Uh, you know, funny, you just mentioned that. So my parents are both, well, my dad's from Buffalo Okay. and, uh, went to school at UW and then my mom was adopted, but her, the family that adopted her were in, in Buffalo. No and, kidding. And so, um, and then they both ended up in San Francisco okay. of all things. And so, um, there's kind of that whole, like, you know, you got to get out and, you know, exp- you know, sure. go experience the Absolutely. world. And then, so yeah. then, then, then they're back here. But, uh, okay. uh the, as you were saying that, I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, ca- that California Wyoming connection, but, um, yeah, no, that's, that, that was good. Um, you know, I think that's, I think some people, you know, pandemic aside, but I think, I'm curious to see how aviation goes. Cause I think you're right. I think people are more interested in, you know, how do we, how do we share a small plane for us to, you know, go to Bozeman or go to Denver sure. or go to Laramie, you know, to go watch UW play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think COVID, you know, maybe put that in hyperdrive, you know, cause I think, um, and, and maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm just thinking just out loud, but, um, you know, we are blessed to have that sky West, you know, it's a great, connection but mm-hmm. um do you guys see that interest if people want to have control of their you know uh i guess their their flights their itineraries is that kind of the interest you guys are seeing well we to, to your point about the the potential rise in G- ga we definitely saw an increase in in the aviate we two of our students purchased their own planes recently that's highly unusual for even a younger generation normally you know this you have a flying club to try to improve access but i have two students that are soon to be fully licensed pilots that they're they're gonna have their own plane and total freedom to do what they want wow. and i actually i've signed up for a really interesting webinar from the u.s chamber of commerce last week and the ceo of uh, united airlines was on there and he was alluding to the fact that at the pinnacle of covid they're traffic dropped 95 percent and you just think about that for a minute these massive you know airline companies are you know they're burning cash like crazy they're just in complete survival mode and now it's up to 42 percent of what it was pre-covid level so and they're forecasting this to be affecting them three to four years out to yeah kind of come back to full pre-covid strength so you know out of that the uh, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of, a lot of pilots, you know, were forced to retire when they were kind of, that was on the radar, take severance packages. Right. And believe it or not, there's only like 660,000 licensed pilots in the United States of America. So you think about the contiguous States, you think of Alaska and Hawaii, you know, it, that's, that's one less than 1% of the population. Wow. And, and so it'll be to your point, really fascinating to see, you know, what the future holds. There's, you know, electric EV toll, electric vertical takeoff and landing, um, you know, drones and small passenger um, planes that are autonomous, that people aren't inside or they're flying themselves, technology coming out. I still think that's a long ways out, but I, we will see it in our generation yeah. because of just the cost of it initially. But right now, I mean, just to have a small little Cessna 172 and zip over to, you know, Hewlett or go look at Devil's Tower or something, you know, that's 
people are really considering that. So I think we're going into the busy season. As I said, we just passed 500 hours and I yeah. just, I have to get a new engine in the 172. It, it, we just found one through a company out of a tornado wrecked 172 in Nashville that we, uh, that we're going to use as getting overhauled in Minneapolis right now to be our second engine. And so we're going to do that swap and we're going to, I think the plane's going to be nonstop this wow. summer. So yeah. I'm excited to see what the future holds, no doubt. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I was just, um, wow, so 95%, and then they're only at about not even 45% right now. Right. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, freedom's a big, you know, having that yeah. independence to go do that is pretty cool. And then, right. and then uh, not just passenger traffic, but, you know, cargo has seen a huge increase, you know, mm-hmm. just for the online shopping, e-commerce is massive. We all know about Amazon. Um, we, all, we all try to support local. And that's another great thing about Sheridan's community is, you know, I, I try to always accomplish my Christmas list on main street every year. Yep. And that's different. That's really cool. But um, behind the scenes, you think of all the logistics to get things that we use in our daily lives and aviation plays a major part of that. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can get your license and you can go firefight. You can go into the military. You know, you, you don't have to go be a commercial pilot, um, to fly passengers around if you, if that's not your thing. So there's a lot of different avenues that aviation can take you. And, yeah. you know, I highly recommend that something I'd like to do is, is get it, look at your drone license. You know, a lot of people have them to, uh, and survey work that they don't impact the ground or take a four wheeler to, you know, we're the future of pest spraying and agriculture and whatnot is looking to be, you know, using drones. And so you're, it'll identify what that thistle is in the middle of your hay and, and specifically sp- spray that patch and mm-hmm. totally remoteless. And, you know, I've always wanted to shoot a drone out of the air with a shotgun if I'm camping <laughs> or somewhere, but you know, they, they have some really critical uses going forward. I yeah. don't know about, you know, air, Air, like you know, aerial uh, package delivery in Sheridan. I think that'll be one of the last places to do that. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. There, yeah, so. that was awesome. No, that was yeah. great. Um, well, too, I think we're getting close on some um, time here, but sure. I do want to ask you a question because yeah. I think we've hit on some really good themes um, on kind of your, you know, I don't want to call you old, you know, your yeah. your beginning of your life. Um, has it really fits into like go be Wyoming and go be Y O. What does that mean to you, especially kind of coming full circle, you know, um, Northern Colorado, Saratoga, and then kind of ending back up in Northern Wyoming, you know, what's, what's that, you know, what does Wyoming mean to you or, you know, go be Y O, you know, what's, what's that kind of mean to you when you hear that? What it means to me is, uh, independence, main you know first and foremost i i believe strongly in someone managing their own life and doing what they want pursuing happiness that's a god-given right and that's what america was founded on i think it's something that this country needs to get back to and i think wyoming exemplifies that more than anybody any state in the union i think that the people that are born and raised here whether they're on a ranch or they're you know in this in town doing something they know how to work hard their parents teach them that you know, I said earlier that I would never change anything that how I was born or raised, but I definitely learned how to, how to work hard. And I think a hard work ethic, uh, will transpire through any obstacle, no matter what you do. And I think that, you know, people follow their passion here and, you know, you can be a rancher, you can be a farmer, you can uh, be an attorney, a doctor, 
you can be whatever you want to be and uh, live in a great state like Wyoming. Yeah. And I think go be Wyoming is is something that you have to stick true and stay true to that, those principles wherever you go and, you know, always help people out when they're in need and uh, give give people the shirt off your back, literally. Yep. And I think have fun too. I think, you know, back to our conversation about happiness, you got to enjoy life, yep. you know, every day. You know, if you don't enjoy it, then you need to take a look in the mirror and write down, like, what do you enjoy? Because this life is short. I mean, you... We're not even going to go to that can of worms, but we live in a hole. Like we're trying to land on Mars and all that down the road, and talk about you know that's just that's just mind blowing. But here we are in this little Earth, and we're in the state of Wyoming, and and in a, in a sense, we are sheltered from a lot of things going on. You know, yep. COVID. You know, people are walking around like nothing happened, and mm-hmm. that's has had its positives and its negatives. Yep. But I mean unless you go to the grocery store or went to a restaurant trying to support them to keep the doors open, you didn't know what was going on, literally. So, you know, yeah, Wyoming is a very special place and yep. uh, has a special place in my heart and I hope to give back to it a lot that it's given me. So. Yeah, I love that. That was great. And, um, you know, I, I don't really have anything else to add. That's That was wonderful. That was well said. And um, if anyone listening hasn't yet, go check out the Sheridan Pilots Association. Um, check out Sheridan Pilots 307, kind of one and the same. Um, call them up, though. I mean, JT, you've mentioned it m- multiple times to us and the team. Like, let's get you on a Discovery flight. You know, let's let's get in there. Let's get up there in the yeah. air and. Um, and then also call them up for the simulator. You know, I got on the, uh, I don't know what that first one was. I crashed on the first one, but the, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. the, uh, that red bird is way cool. The, the official, the FAA yeah. one, um, you know, like you said, it's, uh, anybody under 15 is free. And yeah, then, you know, and I always take them over to the other one, you know, just to expose oh, them. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, just, uh, we're just excited to have people in, in interest. We're celebrating our one year anniversary. We literally started on April fool's day a year ago Yep. and parents actually loved it. It was something their kids could do, you know, and get outside. And I think kids should be in school and be learning and be social too. So yep. Yep. anyway, no, I, again, thank you for having me on today. Yeah. And I look forward to, uh, meeting up again and we'll get you airborne as well love it well thanks jt it was great hearing your story and uh thanks for everyone listening that was another episode of go byo